A reading from Mark 10, 22-27. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad, because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said it again. Children, how hard is it to enter the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Yesterday we talked about the rich young ruler, and I said it's one of my favorite uh, passages or parables or stories in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament anyway. And uh, I, I really keep coming back to it, and it never gets old for me. Because I think I'm, at least for a long part of my life, I was that same rich young ruler. I mean, if you look at my values at a certain time of life, I, I would have wanted the all the good things that life gives you uh, without actually counting the cost. <clears throat> anyway, a few weeks ago, um, I started focusing on the question, is prosperity killing us? Because mm. uh, the, the, the previous president, uh, I think one of his limitations, and I, I'm not one of the people who hate him, but I'm just saying one of his limitations, and anybody that's president has those things, is that when he would say, make America great again, he was really talking about prosperity, mm -hmm. as if that would save us somehow <laughs> from... Um, you know, fate worse than death. And I, I just think it's a little bit off. I understand what he's trying to say, but I, I think it's a little bit off. And I wrote down these questions. They're, they're kind of questions. Um, one is, has our American prosperity distorted our vision? Mm. Another is, has our prosperity affected what we worship, substituting the real thing for man's created things? Has our prosperity distorted our deepest needs? Has our prosperity distorted our identity? Has our prosperity severed our relationships with our creator? Has our prosperity cut us off from our neighbors? Has our pros pros prosperity put up walls around us? Has our prosperity built empty mansions rather mm -hmm. than a home or a house? So these things just, I, I wrote these down without thinking about it. Uh, I think the answer probably is when you have so much prosperity, you're going to have a falling away from God. Mm -hmm. And that's not universal. It's not every person. It's just a movement. And it's not because of a president uh, saying that he wants to make America great again. My problem with that is the definition of great. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, Jesus and the rich young ruler said, why do you call me great? Mm -hmm. uh, so anyway, I, I thought those were kind of interesting because they were, they just came 
you know, I just wrote them down. I didn't even think about it. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make, Eric. I think of, you know, Jesus' words, and uh, he tells a short parable in Luke chapter 12. It's uh, often called the parable of the rich fool. Oh, yeah. I love that. That's the story of this rich man. I'm just going to read a little section of it. It says, yeah, I told him this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest, so he made a lot. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And then I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat and drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. Strong words there. I just think about this man in this story, Eric. He's wealthy. He's planned for every contingency in life. He's shrewd. He's yielded an abundance harvest, and he's stored it well. And yet, as God looks at this man's life, he uses one word to define it. Fool. And that's because this man didn't plan for the one contingency that faces us all. And that's our own deaths. We all die, no mm. matter how much money you make, no matter how much you store. And Jesus, he's heightening the point here when he says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. And this is the tension of the Christian life. We have to shift our eyes from what is seen to what is unseen, from what's temporary to what's eternal. And as Christians, we have to plan not just for this life, but plan even more for the next. So, David, you uh, make a, a point which is uncomfortable for some of us, and that is all men at some point, like the, uh, the, the uh, farmer or in the... Uh, Luke uh, chapter 12 instance, I mean, he was focusing totally on his own prosperity and not on uh, following God or being a disciple of God. But I have a, a verse from Psalm 71, which I've read before, but when um, I, I, you know, I read through the Psalms every year many times, and uh, it's amazing how many t things you lose. But in this one, got my attention because it really conformed with where I am in life. And mm. it's a kind of a prayer. Oh God, from my youth, this is Psalm 71. Oh God, from my youth, you have taught me and I still proclaim your wondrous deeds. So even to old age and gray hairs, oh Lord, oh God, do not forsake me until I, until I proclaim your might to another generation, your power to all those to come. It's not funny because I, I, we talked about this the other day about uh, how we don't know what the future is going to bring, not only in our own life, but what's going to come after us in general when we're forgotten, when we're gone. And yet I think this prayer really for everybody, no matter how old you are, 
is very important because when you're actually serving God in this world, there's an eternal aspect of that. Mm-hmm. And I can't define it entirely, but there's a goodness in it, not as a good person, but being in relationship to God just actually is transforming an end of life, some, uh, you know, wherever you are in life into something actually exciting and new and beautiful uh, because you have fallen into God's rhythms rather than Mm -hmm. just your own. Mm -hmm. 